Chapter Eight of Fifty Years Ago by Walter Besant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. At the play and the show. Fifty years ago, the theatre was far more than at present the favourite amusement of the Londoners. It was a passion with them. They did not go only to laugh and be pleased as we go now. They went as critics the pit preserves to this day a reputation long since lost for critical power a large number of the audience went to every new performance of a stock piece in order to criticise after the theatre they repaired to the albion or the cock for supper and to talk over the performance fifty years ago there were about eighteen theatres for a london of two millions these theatres were not open all the year round but it was reckoned that twenty thousand people went every night to the theatre there are now thirty theatres at least open nearly the whole year round i doubt if there are many more than twenty thousand at all of them together on an average in one night yet london has doubled and the visitors to london have been multiplied by ten it is by the visitors that the theatres are kept up the people of london have in great measure lost their taste for the theatres because they have gone to live in the suburbs who for instance that lives in hampstead and wishes to get up in good time in the morning can take his wife often to the theatre it takes an hour to drive into town the hour after dinner the play is over at a little after eleven if he takes a cab the driver is sulky at the thought of going up the hill and getting back again without another fare if he goes and returns in a broom it doubles the expense formerly when everybody lived in town they could walk again the price of seats has enormously gone up where there were two rows of stalls at the same price as the dress circle namely four shillings there are now a dozen at the price of half a guinea and it is very much more the fashion to take the best places so that the dress circle is no longer the same highly respectable part of the house while the upper boxes are now out of it altogether and as for the pit no man knoweth whether there be any pit still besides there are so many more distractions a more widely spread habit of reading more music more art more society a fuller life the theatre was formerly it is still to many the only school of conversation wit manners and sentiment this chief excitement which took them out of their daily lives the most delightful the most entrancing manner of spending the evening if the theatre were the same to the people of london as it used to be the average attendance counting the visitors would be not twenty thousand but one hundred and twenty thousand the reason why some of the houses were open for six months only was that the lord chancellor granted a license for that period only except to the patent houses the haymarket was a summer house from april to october the adelphi a winter house from october to april the most fashionable of the houses was her majesty's where only italian opera was performed 
everybody in society was obliged to have a box for the season for which sums were paid varying with the place in the house and the rank and wealth of the tenant thus the old duke of gloucester used to pay three hundred guineas for the season on levy days and drawing-rooms the fashionable world went to the opera in their court dresses feathers and diamonds and all a very moving spectacle those who only took a box in order to keep up appearances and because it was necessary for one in society to have a box used to sell seats commonly called bones because a round numbered bone was the ticket of admission to their friends sometimes they let their box for a single night a month or the whole season by means of the agents so that except for the honour of it as the man said when the bottom of his sedan chair fell out one might as well have had none at all the prices of admission to the theatres were very much less than obtained at the present day at drury lane the boxes and stalls of which there were two or three rows only were seven shillings each the pit was three shillings sixpence the upper boxes two shillings and the gallery one shilling at covent garden where they were great at spectacle with performing animals the great bun being lessee the prices were lower the boxes being four shillings the pit two shillings the upper boxes one shilling sixpence and gallery one shilling at the haymarket the boxes were five shillings the pit three shillings and the gallery one shilling sixpence the actors and actresses were many and good at the haymarket they had farron webster buckstone mrs glover and mrs humby at the olympic elliston liston and madame vestris helen fawcett made her first appearance in eighteen thirty five miss fanny kemble hers in eighteen thirty charles matthews harley macready and charles keene were all playing i hardly think that in fifty years time so good a list will be made of actors of the present day whose memory has lasted so long as those of eighteen thirty seven the salaries of actors and singers varied greatly of course malibran received one hundred and twenty five pounds a night charles keene fifty pounds a night macready thirty pounds a week farron twenty pounds a week and so on down to the humbler chorister they then called her a figurante with her twelve shillings or eighteen shillings a week as for the national drama i suppose it never before been in so wretched a state talford's play of ion was produced about this time but one good play supposing ion to be a good play is hardly enough to redeem the character of the age there were also tragedies by miss mitford and miss bailey strange that no woman has ever written even a tolerable play but these failed to keep the stage one mr maturin now dying out of recollection also wrote tragedies the comedies and farces were written by planchet reynolds peake theodore hook dibden lamon reed poole madison morton and moncrief a really popular writer we learn with envy and astonishment would make as much as thirty pounds or even forty pounds by a good piece think of making thirty pounds or forty pounds by a good piece at the theatre was not that noble encouragement for the playwrights thirty pounds for one piece it takes one's breath away would not mr gilbert mr wills and mr george sims be proud and happy men if they could get thirty pounds a whole lump of thirty pounds for a single piece we can imagine the tears of joy running down their cheeks the decline of the drama was attributed by raumer to the entire absence of any protection for the dramatist 
this is no doubt partly true but the dramatist was protected to a certain extent by the difficulty of getting copies of his work shorthand writers used to try they still try to take down unseen the dialogue generally however they are detected in the act and desired to withdraw as a rule if the dramatist did not print the place he was safe except from treachery on the part of the prompter the low prices paid for dramatic work were the chief causes of the decline say rather the dreadful decay dry rot and galloping consumption of the drama fifty years ago who for instance would ever expect good fiction to be produced if it was rewarded at the rate of no more than thirty pounds or even three hundred pounds a novel great prizes are incentives for good work good craftsmen will no longer work if the pay is bad or if they work at all they will not throw their hearts into the work the great success of walter scott was the cause why dickens thackeray george eliot charles reed and the many second-rate novelists chose fiction rather than the drama for their energies one or two of them dickens and reed for instance were always hankering after the stage had dramatists received the same treatment in england as in france many of these writers would have seriously turned their attention to the theatre and our modern dramatic literature would have been as rich as our work in fiction the stage now offers a great fortune a far greater fortune one much more swiftly than can be got by fiction to those who succeed as for the pieces actually produced about this period they were chiefly adaptations from novels thus we find esmeralda and quasimodo two plays from victor hugo's hunchback of notre dame lucillo from the pilgrims of the rhine by lytton bulwer indeed was continually being dramatized paul clifford and rienzi among others making their appearance on the stage for other plays there were zampa or the corsair due to byron the waterman the irish tutor my paul and my partner joe with t p cooker at the surrey theatre the comedy of the time is very well illustrated by lytton's money stagey and unreal the scenery dresses and general mise-en-scene would now be considered contemptible apart from the italian opera music was very well supported there were concerts in great numbers the philharmonic the vocal society and the royal academy of music gave their concerts at the king's ancient concert rooms hanover square willis's rooms were also used for music and the cecilia society gave its concerts in moorgate street there were many other shows apart from the well-known sights of town madame tussaud's gallery in baker street the hippodrome at bayswater the coliseum the diorama in regent's park the panorama in leicester square where you could see peru and the andes or the village engulfed by the avalanche and the panorama in regent street attracted the less frivolous and those who came to town for the improvement of their minds for londoners themselves there were the vauxhall gardens first and foremost the most delightful places of amusement that london ever possessed except perhaps belsize everybody went to vauxhall those who were respectable and those who were not far more beautiful than the electric lights in the gardens of the colonies were the two hundred thousand variegated oil lamps festooned among the trees of vauxhall there was to be found music singing acting and dancing hither came the gallant and golden youth from the west end here were seen sober and honest merchants with their wives and daughters here were ladies of doubtful reputation and ladies about whose reputation there could be no doubt here there were painted arbors where they brought you the famous vauxhall ham sliced cobwebs and the famous vauxhall beef book muslin pickled and boiled and the famous vauxhall punch heavens how the honest folk did drink that punch i have before me an account of an evening spent at vauxhall about this time by an eminent dry salter of the city 
his partner a certain tom and two ladies the dry salter's wife and his daughter lydia a laughter-loving lass of eighteen who dearly loved a bit of gig do you know gentle reader what is a bit of gig this young lady laughs at everything and cries what a bit of gig there was singing of course and after the singing there were fireworks and after the fireworks an ascent on the rope the ascent on the rope which lydia had never before witnessed was to her particularly interesting for the first time during the evening she looked serious and as the mingled rays of the moon then shining gloriously in the dark blue heavens attended by her twinkling handmaidens the stars which ever and anon shot down as the rockets mounted upwards mocking the mimic pyrotechnia of man and the flashes of red fire played upon her beautiful white brow and ripe lips blushing like a cleft cherry we thought for a moment that tom was a happy blade while we were gazing on her fine face her eye suddenly assumed its wonted levity and she exclaimed in a laughing tone now if the twopenny postman of the rockets were to mistake one of the directions and delivered among the crowd so as to set fire to six or seven muslin dresses what a bit of gig it would be another delightful place was the surrey zoological gardens which occupied fifteen acres and had a large lake in the middle very useful for fireworks and the showing off of the mount vesuvius they stuck up on one side of it the carnivorous animals were kept in a single building under a great glazed cupola but the elephants bears monkeys etc had separate buildings of their own flower shows balloon ascents fireworks and all kinds of exciting things went on at the surrey zoo the art galleries opened every year and besides the national gallery there were the society of british artists the exhibition of watercolors and the british institution in pall mall at the royal academy of eighteen thirty seven turner exhibited his juliet eddie a psyche in venus landseer a scene in chillingham park wilkie the peep uh, day boys cabin and roberts the chapel of ferdinand and isabella at granada there were billiard rooms where a young man from the country who prided himself upon his play could get very prettily handled there were cigar divans but as yet only one or two for the smoking of cigars was a comparatively new thing in fact one who wrote in the year eighteen twenty nine thought it necessary to lay down twelve solemn rules for the right smoking of a cigar there were also gambling halls of which more anon fifty years ago in short we amused ourselves very well we were fond of shows and there were plenty of them we liked an alfresco entertainment and we could have it we were not quite so picksome in the matter of company as we are now and therefore we endured the loud vulgarities of the tradesman and his family and shut our eyes when certain fashionably dressed ladies passed by showing their happiness by the loudness of their laughter we even sat with our daughter in the very next box to that in which young lord tom noddy was entertaining these young ladies with cold chicken and pink champagne it is we know the privilege of rank to disregard morals in public as well as in private then we had supper and a bowl of punch and so home to bed those who are acquainted with the doings of corinthian tom and bob logic are acquainted with the night side of london as it was a few years before eighteen thirty seven suffice it to say that it was far darker far more vicious far more dangerous fifty years ago than it is now heaven knows that we have a night side still and a very ugly side it is but it is earlier by many hours than it used to be and it is comparatively free from gambling houses from bullies blackmailers and sharks end of chapter eight